cat's got your tongue, tongue-tied, lost for words, ha ha ha. So funny when you get the sarcastic question thrown your way. But the truth is that it goes way deeper than that. In today's episode, we are going to talk about stumbling over words. Yay, another thing brought to you by dun dun dun, social anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to let you in on an experience that left me insecure. And then I'm going to walk you through six ways to help you find your words or at least not lose them. Welcome to the Your Words Knowing Podcast. I'm your host, Roxana Alexandru from Honest Rocks, and I am obsessed with social anxiety. After a decade of trying to figure out how to manage it on my own, I'm on a mission now to share every little insight I've gained along the way. Every week, we'll get just a little bit closer to unraveling the mystery of it so you can live the best version of yourself because you are worth knowing. Let's get to it. Maybe you recently had a moment or let's be honest, a million moments when you just stumbled over your words, mumbled, mumbled them like I just did and cringed at how inarticulate you can be unless you talk at a snail's pace, which is very difficult in today's fast paced world. You even went so far as to call yourself stupid. I've been there. Now, part of the reason why I've been stumbling over words my whole life, other than social anxiety, is that I'm a polyglot. Well, at least I like to justify it that way, right? So I speak multiple languages. I'm fluent in three of them, and I'm currently adding a fourth one to the mix. And for that reason, I tend to stumble over words plenty of times. And if it happens frequently enough during a week, my social anxiety is going to kick into high gear. And it's like the chicken and the egg. I am still trying to figure out which one fuels which. I guess it's just a combination of both. And it can really hold me back, debilitate me, and really upset me. It does seem, though, to happen more often these days, probably due to a lack of sleep. And it's not just the verbal stumbling that I run into, but I also have difficulty finding the right words to write down. It's like just a total mental block. If you've also experienced this, then you will know how challenging it is to fix it on the spot than it is to potentially prevent it or keep it in check. Sadly, with each occurrence, it's as if I forget all the previous times that I've run into this problem of the cat having my tongue. So I end up berating myself to no end, thinking this is the end. This is the end of having coherent thoughts ever, ever, forever and ever and I become very melodramatic. By the time that I acknowledge that it's a fleeting event and I just need to be patient with myself, I've given myself an entire beating. I'm talking total confidence shutdown, inferiority complex banging on the door, imposter syndrome clocking in, negative inner talk taking over, the whole shebang. While there are plenty of recent moments that this has happened to me that I could bring up, I want to go back in time quite, quite a few years back um, and bring out an example of when I stumbled so badly that it just left a mark on me and I'm still here thinking about it. Back when I worked in corporate America, and this goes back to like pre-2019, a long time ago, my manager at the time called up a meeting to let us know that there were some college students that were coming to the office. And the point of these college students coming in was for them to learn more about what it's like to, you know, work. 
And it was a cooperation between our company and the local university, which just so happened to be the university that I had graduated from. Now, before I even had a chance to hide in the corner, my manager volunteered me as a mentor for a student. Yay. Great. Don't get me wrong. I have no problems about participating in knowledge transfers, although I prefer being the one getting the knowledge. It just so happened that I was bored at work during that time frame, and I, did, I, just, I didn't have anything to show this student. I, I was just at a loss, right? And if you haven't experienced boredom at work, try working in corporate America. I know I should not be saying this, but there's so many times in so many different roles for way too long of a time frame that I was bored. I had nothing to do. I was just waiting for projects to be approved or for team members to, to do their part or other departments to play their role. It was just a lot of standing still and waiting. And so I was at that moment in time when I was like, wow, well, hey, look at me. I'm getting paid to be bored. And it, it sounds like a fantasy, but it's one of the reasons I ended up leaving because I I don't like being bored. I want to be pushed. I want to be challenged. I want to be creative at work. So it just wasn't working out for me. But at that time, you know, it just made it that much harder for me to show this person that was coming in my work, right? So imagine coming up with what you've worked on in the past week when all you did was scroll on TikTok and post on Instagram and that's just not part of your job description. That's what happened to me. And I just and I just had to be creative in that moment, right? So there I was staring at a first-generation college student named Brianna. And she was going to shadow me for the day. Let me tell you, she was bright, perky, wide-eyed, ready to learn about corporate America. She wanted to know everything about the IT department, where I was working, and what it took to get your foot in the door. And as I sat there explaining to her what I did and what my current project was all about, I couldn't help but lose control of my English. Knowing what I know now, the reason that happened was that I had to defend my position and explain why I was employed. And at that moment, I just I couldn't justify why. So engaging with her was just that much harder. And of course, that triggered my social anxiety and it made me stumble over my words even more. I babbled on and I tried to explain my role as best as I could, but my inner talk grew louder and louder as the minutes passed. It made me feel like I didn't know what I was doing. It made me insecure about my communication skills. When you're stumbling over words, it's easy to fall into the trap of believing you are not good enough and that you don't know enough. But, you know, ultimately, I could have reacted to my reaction in two ways, right? So one was to commiserate for days on end about failing at life, being in the wrong job at the wrong company. And the other one was to just give myself a break, you know, and... I decided not to think about how I could have portrayed myself better because I wanted to avoid going down the rabbit hole of why I couldn't explain myself adequately and save the sad excuses for another time. I just didn't want to allow myself to think there was a more significant problem at stake. Hypochondriac, anyone? I was like questioning <laughs> whether there was something off with my brain. Now, if you're at a loss for words or cannot express yourself the way that a British playwright would, which we can always dream, of course, cut yourself some slack. It's going to happen again. I don't know why I was pretending that it wasn't going to happen again, but 
it still happens to this day. And you just have to cut yourself some slack. Don't overwork your brain because it's already overworked and overtired. Not only are you doing yourself more harm by forcing your brain, but you're inviting many other issues through the door. Insecurities that are just better off hiding in the darkest corners of your mind. We all have those moments where we ramble and make a fool of ourselves. And while that's tough for anyone, it might be more challenging for introverts because most of us pride ourselves on being methodical and careful with our words. And when, when we're not, and we stumble and mumble and people can't really understand us and we're not connecting with people, we're going to internalize that. But you can always redeem yourself. And I'm going to tell you how, okay? So this is the how portion of the episode where we're going to, where I'm going to walk you through some of the ways you can stop stumbling over words if you have social anxiety or if for any other reason. Honestly, this whole episode is just about finding a way to use your words without freezing or feeling like you're incompetent. And even if you do have a hard time, how to rectify it on the spot and get back to your thought process, okay? The first way is to slow down. That's it. If I don't make it a point to speak slowly, I get agitated and I jump from one explanation to the next to the next without any correlation, right? So it's going to look like jumping from one point to another, going on a tangent, rambling on and on. Speaking fast derails me and makes me forget what I want to say. But that's not even the worst of it. It makes me look incompetent, among other things. Because when you speak fast, it just looks like you're trying to get through the conversation. Maybe you don't have your thoughts in order. And it just might be harder for other people to keep up. So I want to give you three reasons why you should slow down when you speak. One, your nervousness will take a hike. Adrenaline is best friends with stress, which means that the more stressed you are, especially if you stumble a few times, the more your adrenaline is going to spike. And that's correlated with an increased heart rate. Not only will you feel more nervous when you're speaking, but you will also look like you are. So you're going to, again, end up in this vicious cycle. The second reason why you need to slow down is that you're going to be in more control. By speaking slowly, you're giving yourself extra time to dig into the impressive repertoire of words that you know. Yeah. This will allow you to grab the best word for that situation and move the conversation in a different direction if you realize that it needs to catch up with your audience, right? So you can bring in your audience along with you if you speak a little bit slower. You can think of it as slowing down time which gives you the upper hand in analyzing the person in front of you and their reaction to your words. Now, the third and last reason why you should speak slower is that you will gain credibility and authority. Think about your favorite actors. How fast or slow do they tend to speak? Speaking slowly shows credibility and authority because you're taking time at the table. It's also a sign of confidence and expertise, both characteristics you want to have. So pay attention to the tempo of your speech and how you feel in the different ways, right? So how do you feel when you talk a little bit slower? And how do you feel when you pick up the tempo and you try to have a conversation at a much faster pace? See how both feel, okay? 
Now, the second way to stop stumbling over words is to organize your thoughts. Now, what that means is that before you meet with somebody or you get ready to have a conversation or you're going to present, jot down the sequence of your ideas and give yourself a rough outline of how you're going to approach the conversation. This usually works better, obviously, when you know who you're going to talk to, who you're going to meet up with, what the agenda or the topic of the conversation is. Impromptu conversations are much harder to organize, but they are still possible. I actually role play conversations with people beforehand to arm myself with with knowledge, right? So I want to know what I'm going to talk about. If I know how to approach someone like Brianna, the college girl that was shadowing me, I'm going to be better equipped with the right words. I probably wouldn't have floundered so badly if I had a plan and a structure in place on what to show her and what to talk about with her. And, you know, not choosing to speak like like it's the Wild West and that, you know, I just have this expectation that I should know what I'm talking about. The third way to stop stumbling is to take your time. Take your time to ensure you're not missing anything crucial, right, about the conversation at stake. Don't feel rushed to get to the end. Now, this is very closely tied to number one, which is to speak slower, but more in the sense of allowing yourself to pause between sentences. Allow the silence to work to your advantage. If there's one thing you should learn to do, especially with social anxiety, it's to love the silence. Don't try to fill in the silent space with useless words. It will just make it worse because you're going to panic about it. So give yourself enough time to, one, speak slowly, and two, organize your thoughts. And that's how they're all kind of interconnected together. The fourth way is to ask questions. What part of this makes sense? What doesn't make sense? Did I miss the point? Engage with the other person to ensure that they are following your thought process. If you did number one, number two, number three, the chances are that they understand you just fine. But just in case you missed a few steps or you saw the the person squinting their eyes strangely at you, kind of like confused, stop and ask questions to make sure that what you're saying is clicking with them. The last thing you want or need is validation that you are not making sense. You can just imagine what that's going to do to your confidence. So don't let it get that far. Intervene sometimes with the person and check in on them to see if they're still with you, they're still on track, and that what you are saying is relatable and that they they understand it. The fifth way is to start over. Don't be scared to stop, take a breather, and restart. It works for computers. Let's assume it works for humans too. Just let the other person know that you are restarting, right? So being funny always, always resets the mood. So you can say something like, I know this probably makes no sense to you. I apologize. I've been talking too much to my baby these past few days. Let me start over, right? So bring some light playfulness into it. And people are going to appreciate that. And they're going to give you the space to restart your your thought or whatever it is that you wanted to say. Being honest and vulnerable are probably the most powerful weapons to combat social anxiety, especially when words escape you and you feel naked and afraid. The last step to help you with stumbling on words is to repeat this. It's just a phase. It's just a phase I'm in. The truth is that being at a loss of words and having a hard time 
conversing and not freezing is cyclical. Maybe you had a rough night, didn't sleep, and now your tiredness is playing games with you. Maybe you're more stressed than normal, so you're on edge trying to keep a cool head. Whatever the case, you are in a stumbling over words phase, and it sucks. And sometimes it lasts longer than you would like it to. But even then, when it happens to me, I repeat to myself that it's just a phase, and my brain will rectify itself. It will calm down. It will not have high expectations. It will know that I, it's just I'm moving through this season however long it takes, a day or two, and I'm just going to go back to my regular status quo. Also, one crucial point to remember for all of this to work is to, like I mentioned, let go of any expectations of yourself. That's, that's when we get burned, when we have such high expectations and we're not meeting them. It's going to take longer to recover if that's the case. If you plan... <laughs> To bring out a whole dictionary to impress someone, no matter how much you try to go through these six steps, you will still need to remember how to speak because you are putting so much pressure on yourself to pick the right word in the right context at the right time with the right person, right? So remember that the simpler the words are, the more impact you can make. And I fall into this trap every single day where I want to use big words. I want to sound like an intellectual I want to make an impact. I want to be more credible and have authority. And for me, for some reason, I associate that with using big words. When that's just a myth. Using big words does not mean that you are more of an expert in a field, right? So in fact, it's the opposite. Being able to explain something in easy and clear-cut sentences using simple words actually makes you more intelligent because you can just simplify a difficult concept. And if you have social anxiety, your main priority will always be to stay away from vicious circle of thoughts. And the best way to make sure that that happens, that you stay away from it, is just to not have high expectations. Because the moment you fail to meet them, the inner talk begins. And then everything else just unravels right before you. And it's going to take quite a few steps to recalibrate and go back to your normal status. I'm going to leave you with this. If social anxiety has you stumbling over words, just think about these six steps, these, these six ways that I just highlighted and go through them and see which ones you can use in that moment to get yourself back on track so you don't feel incompetent, so you don't feel stupid, so you don't feel like you don't have enough words in your vocabulary. And hopefully it's going to help you not forget how to speak anymore the next time around. Because it's all about practice. It's not about that you missed an opportunity. It's, okay, well, there's another opportunity next time because I'm going to stumble again. I'm going to be tired. I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to forget words. Whatever the case may be, it's going to happen again. And it's okay if you have the tools in your toolbox to bring yourself back, give yourself a nice hug, and, you know, don't go in that rabbit hole. And don't have high expectations. Just let it pass and you'll be fine. It happens to everybody. So I hope you got something out of this episode today. And I look forward to seeing you next week on the You Are Worth Knowing podcast. <laughs>